right, everybody, welcome to Radius of Reason, episode 15. I'm LaVon with my co-host, Andre. Hello, everybody. And we have a special guest today, a Christian theologian. Is that what, is that what, is that what he With is? unrivaled credentials. <laughs> yeah, a Jason. theologian might be a strong word. He is hello. actually <laughs> straight from the streets of the Vatican. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that ties into the topic we're going to discuss today, which is the existence of of God. Jason, is there another way you want to be introduced? If you had to introduce yourself <laughs> on a podcast. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, just a guy. I'm just a guy. A, he's a guy. Yeah, just a guy who happens to be a Christian theologian. Who happens to be a Christian. I, I don't oh, know about okay. theologian. I, <laughs> well, I, I, it's kind of like Nietzsche had the thought that um, there was one true Christian and he died on a cross. You know, kind of that concept. Ooh, and, whoa. Nietzsche beautifully put so you're not from like the Christian version of Isis you're more no. of just like yeah. Yeah, yeah which that would be interesting conversation the Christian too. version of Isis um Jason has wonderful yeah. hair as, as everybody can tell um he I think we started having this conversation originally in a bar <laughs> and, and then as it's like good conversations yeah as good conversations go uh that's what men talk about in bars nowadays about the existence of god and if there's a purpose to anything um i think that's the level of socioeconomic pressure everybody's under yeah um welcome back everyone welcome back and jason let's let's really dig into it now <laughs> Tell us why you believe in God. Oh, in the most convincing manner possible. I I think that that would take a, a really long time, and I I you know for any of the Jordan Peterson fans, I I really I really love his answer, and a lot of people are probably familiar with it. In that, you know, people ask him about belief in God, and 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 it's kind of become a stock answer now. But he'll just say, I I act as though I believe in God. Um, and, and I've kind of always shared that feeling. I grew up, um, you know, with, uh, you know, my, uh, my grandfather was a minister and had gone to school and studied, you know, multiple languages to interpret, um, you know, original texts as, as oh, much wow. as he could. Um, and, but, you know, becoming an adult, I, I think a lot of people in our generation kind of shared the same feelings toward organized religion, uh, especially with the rise of, you know, all the televangelists and, mm -hmm. you know, going through that experience of, of questioning all of that. And, and I think the people who come out on the other side saying that they, they still believe in God or act as though they believe in God, um, have found a way to separate, you know, the religious practices from, from the faith itself, uh, which I think in some ways you almost have to do. Um, but I think to put a succinct point on it, I would say that I, I believe in God for, for the elements of ultimate purpose that it provides, um, in serving me and, and how I go through my life. So do you, you know, the statement that you started out with from, uh, from daddy, Jordan Peterson, um, <laughs> is it's an interesting statement. So, when you kind of break it down for yourself on a personal level, um, living as though there is a God, I think was what you said. Does that give you a sense of order or security, or does it give you kind of a guiding principle by which 
you could try to be a good person regardless if there is or is not indeed a higher power. Yeah, I, I think it goes beyond the, the guiding principles of morality. Um, cause, you know, if we, if we talk about all the reasons why people might need a God, you know, a big one is you know, ascribing a ruler to, to your sense of morality. And I, I don't know that that's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've got plenty of atheist friends who are uh, very, very, uh, very wonderful people and uh, more morally upright than a lot of people I know. So I'm not sure that that that's needed, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think it helps fill in the overall purpose, um, which, you know, we mentioned just starting this out, you know, mm-hmm. guys and sitting in bars talking about <laughs> the existence of God. I think that a sense of purpose is something that is much lacking, um, in our generation. Absolutely. And I, I think that's where some of the, the religiosity of politics, uh, has, that, that's given rise to that. I, I think that's where a lot of that comes from. Do you, do you separate the feeling of purposefulness um, from the objective evidences that might accompany your belief in God. Like, this is a subjective piece of evidence, right? Where it gives me purpose. Well, what if it doesn't give person B purpose? Like, do you not care about that? Or are you kind of arguing against religion in general i'm not arguing against religion in general uh i i think i think religion has a lot of good things to offer to society um when constructed the right way Uh Uh, it can obviously uh, offer a lot um in, in the wrong direction um but i i do think that the the general purpose of, of religion has done a good job in allowing people to to be constructive in their lives. I, I mean, a case in point that I, I like to use is the, the Catholic Church. I, I, I don't agree with all of the, the tenets of, of the Catholic faith, but I, I think one thing that was really important was the entire act of confession. Um, you know, because as people, we tend to, and I, and I think we see this in kids today, you know, you're a kid and everything that you're doing is being recorded and it's being uploaded onto Facebook yeah. and, and people have a tendency if, if something goes wrong, we need the ability to, to wipe the slate clean, at least spiritually for ourselves and, and the process of going and, and confessing your sins and, and being given some form of penance that you're going to play out that, that's going to even the scales. I think that's done a lot for people. Um, and I, I think the lack of that may be one of the explanations for why, you know, we have so many kids going and shooting up schools. I, I mean, I wouldn't pin it all on that, but I, I think children under, under a lot of pressure, yeah, absolutely. intense pressure. And this is, I would say, the lack of this um, kind of highlights, uh, one of the gaps that we're seeing there. That's interesting. Um, I guess it's still unclear to me though, like you want to say religion and like maybe belief in God per se. Um, I guess maybe we can start off there before I get too deep into what I was going to say. I don't want to make any assumptions. 
tell me exactly like what you believe and what particular level of belief is what gives you purpose. Because if I say I'm a deist and I believe in this sort of like God who's very detached from human affairs, like that might not give me any purpose. But if I believe in like a specific, you know, denomination of Christianity, you you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so, so tell me what level you're maybe referring to. We're getting into how, how, how we're defining the definition or how we're defining the God that I believe in. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, and, and that's an interesting one. I, I've, I've, I've been of the opinion for a long time. And, and this is the reason why I, I have a hard time with sometimes the organized church and that you, people can tend to put God into a box and define it too closely. I, I really like the, the Jewish, you know, you know in Judaism, you, you're not to name God um, or, or, or say his name out loud or write it down because in doing that, you are placing a definition on something that I don't think is people we can really comprehend. So my envisioning of God is something that, that I cannot comprehend. Hmm. I, I really shouldn't pretend to, if, if I were to say that I believe in God, it would be hypocritical for me to be able to define what that God is and, and what it means. I believe that there's, that the God is an ultimate higher power. I, I, I tend to ascribe an architectural um, significance to God, um, you know, kind of from that creator point of view. And I do believe that that there have been people who have been conduits of God. I believe that any person can be a conduit of God. Is it willing or unwilling to, to be a conduit? I, I think both. Do we have free will? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it can be both. But I, I think that the, you know, the texts that we have and the scriptures that we have, I tend to believe that, you know, having been written over such a long period of time, um, with so many people and having it have been preserved for such a long period of time. I think that there's, um, I think that there's a lot of truth in, in the biblical texts that we have. Do you think Jesus was a conduit? Absolutely. Of God? Or because I, well, I, I, I personally, personally, I, I, I do believe that, that Jesus was God. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so to continue to dissect this a little bit more, do you believe like, that belief in Jesus is necessary to have this feeling of purpose. I don't think it's necessary to have a feeling of purpose. I think, I think people can find it. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it can be quite a bit more fulfilling. That's an interesting question. Does Jesus give you a roadmap by which you can approach that purpose because you have written examples over what series of actions to take to be more in line with the teachings of, of God. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really good way to put it. I, mm-hmm. I think it is exactly as you said, a, a roadmap. I mean, it's, here's an example of, of, of how to view the world in a way that that's going to fit in with the overall architecture of, of life in general. So, so what, um, what aspect of his teachings, for example, that that might give you this roadmap or a better idea of how to obtain purpose are, are things that you couldn't figure out without his teachings. I, I like, think all the morality stuff, 
you know, people, people probably can maybe find that, but it's hard to say because we've had society, you know, going back for hundreds of thousands of years. And much of that society has been built on these same concepts. You know, obviously when you're turning it into a Christian point of view, <laughs> that starts at a certain point in time, but you know, Christ's words are these here to fulfill you know, the, the scriptures not to, not to get rid of them. So everything that Christ did and said was in line with what we already had as far as biblical texts. So I, I think it's really hard to make a, a straight determination as to whether or not that's needed because it's been so ingrained for so long in society. Um, so I, but if it's ingrained in society, then why even invoke kind of the special status of Christ's teachings or biblical teaching in general? Like I, I would argue, and me and Andre have talked about this in prior podcasts and all the time in general, but like, I think a lot of the morality and like altruistic behavior and socially like positive behavior emerged from an evolutionary standpoint because it has so much utility cooperation in and of itself is very useful for creatures so like I, I i see this like as something that we can explain at a more fundamental biological level and so when people are telling me that religion you know it provides some additional insight into morality for me for me the only thing that religion could do is if god were to exist then he can set kind of moral parameters which might dictate, you know, your, um, kind of status in the afterlife. Mm. Like that's, that's a very like, you know, powerful incentive to, to act one way or another. But otherwise in terms of like, from a purely like ethical standpoint, like providing some kind of revelationary insight into morality, like I don't see it. Uh, that's, that's kind of my point of view. I mean, I think that that could be a valid point of view. Because, I mean, you, you very well could look at religion or, you know, the belief in God and, and the biblical scriptures that we have as being, you know, uh, an allegorical or, or metaphorical representation of what society has learned works over these thousands of years of working together. And then, you know, people, it's telling a story that says, hey, this is what we've learned is going to make society form together. And I think that's a valid way to look at it. Which in itself could be the groundings and the teachings of God. If we, right. we are handed the keys by which we could maintain a level of stability in our civilization versus others, that, that could in essence be the teachings of God in action. But, but then is, is it that actual belief in a deity which can punish you because it's very prominent, obviously in the monotheistic faiths, it's very prominent to like have this sort of, you know, punitive. Yeah. The, the punitive measures looming over everyone's head. Right. Um, is that a necessary component? Uh, well, I think that goes back to how you're defining God. I, I mean, even people who say that they don't believe in God, I, I think if you were to really press the issue, it, they're not believing in the very named, and described God that's being set forth by modern religions, but anything that you do, you're doing it in service of some higher power. You know, you're, you're going to work, you're saving money, you are making sacrifices to, if you were to define God as the entire structure of society and everyone's actions over the entire course of time, 
then you're making sacrifices to that God in the hope that your life will be better in the future. So I think that comes around to how are you defining it? And, and if it's just something larger than yourself, you know, maybe, maybe there's an argument that atheists aren't as atheistic as they might believe. Well, it could just be habitual human behavior. I mean, that was kind of the problem. We've had this discussion before too, that if you look at any major revolutionary movement in the 20th century and a little bit in the 18th, the 19th century as mm -hmm. well, they would get rid of the institutions of mm -hmm. traditional society. So for instance, Spain in the thirties, they kicked out the Catholic church, but then they just replaced everything with ideology and they should have, you know, been replacing some of the institutions the church provided, yeah. but they didn't have the resources to do it, but they still had the same hierarchy of allegiance to something. Yeah. It just removed the, the sorry about that. The older, um, sort of institutions of power that, that were ingrained in, in traditional society. Right. So you're, you know, you're speaking to the innate desire that people have of, of sort of belief in, in, in something, you know, beyond the, even the culture, right? Like beyond themselves, yeah. a sort of higher purpose or idea or idea, you know, you know, like ideology, religion, whatever, like at the end of the day, it kind of morphs into this, like one thing that you want to worship and, and kind of guide you at a very like meta level. And maybe right? that's not the worst thing to have this abstract, almost infallible source of authority where if you're attaching allegiance and, and fealty towards maybe a political entity, like an ideology that could always be very much corrupted oh, yeah. in, in, in real time, as opposed to this morally perfect source of truth that you're kind of uh, putting your faith into. Maybe there's utility in that, right? As opposed well, to well, no, it's, it, it's it's a great point because we've kind of I think we're talking about almost two different things here, where mm -hmm. we can ask what is the utility of religion or God, but then like there's this other question of like does God actually exist? Is it actually true? And so um, I mean I think both are very interesting questions, and we can I mean quite frankly address either question in this uh podcast but my original i guess emphasis was on does god exist which is a more question of like how do we know it's true right? sure and and i i mean i i really believe that to that end there's no scientific ruler that you can you can put against it and and come away with an answer one way or another i mean it if this is one of the define you know the defining questions of, of humanity um, as far back as, as we can really go with it. And that's where I think you have to look at truth and, and how you see it in the world. It's, you know, most people who believe in God would point to, um, you know, the very delicate structure of, of the world, you know, down to the, you know, the, the atom level. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and most people would point to that and say, of course, this could have come about randomly, but my God, it's so perfect. I, I think that's probably the biggest argument. And, and there, sure the, you, yeah, you've got so it's, 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 on that. The, the fine tuning of the universe yeah. to be this, uh, logical. Yeah. I, I think the problem, you know, with that argument is, you know, as Richard Dawkins pointed out in his book, the God delusion, which I haven't read, <laughs> but this is a famous like rebuttal to that point where he says like, well, if you're going to say like things are too complex and it requires uh, an ex a designer, 
then like who designed the designer, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's the question. And so what happens is you end up in this infinite regress of like, well, who designed, you know, like if God designed this world then who designed God? And then, well, that's, I mean, you can answer that if you'd like. <laughs> then, then, then you're coming back to a stopping point. And, and yeah, to that end, I, I think the true belief in God would, would then have to be God was, you know, I, I think that's probably where that stops. And then that is an interesting argument. But again, I, 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 I think it's almost... But do you see the issue that you're trying to explain something of a certain level of complexity with something that is, you know, arguably more complex? Like you're saying, like, for example, you know, this is again, I'm not trying to pin this directly on what your views are, but like the sure. intelligent design, the common like argument is, you know, we explain the, you know, the level of intelligence that we see and the level of complexity with a designer but the designer would have to be like more intelligent and so you haven't actually made any explanatory advancement there right like the explanation is still like okay we still need further explanation um but i guess i want to like circle back to the earlier point you made you said god isn't something that we can you know scientifically measure or like you know use scientific tools to kind of verify but I actually, I disagree with that to a certain extent because depending on your definition of God, of course, right? If you're talking about a deistic God who's detached from the world, we, we, we may or may not be able to use any scientific tools. But if you're going to say Christianity is true and that Jesus was God, then we can look at, for example, the New Testament. We can see, okay, from a historical standpoint, like... Are there contradictions? Mm. Like, can we verify yeah. or contradict the claims through other, you know, historical sources? Can we look at the actual theology in the New Testament? And can we say, okay, like this is actually incoherent? Sure. Because we can go through the doctrines, right? We can go through the doctrine of atonement. Yeah. Like, is Jesus sacrificing himself for the sins of everyone? Is that actually... Is that actually an ethical thing to do because if you you know you, you you kind of like equate that to you know andre sacrificing himself for a criminal yeah. rapist you know to forgive his sins like why would the court accept andre's forgiveness that dude still committed the sin and he's gonna be out and about raping people yeah. right of course not a perfect analogy i get it but like we can go through the different doctrines the doctrine of hell like is it for sure is it fair to you know eternally punish people for finite sins so an infinite amount of punishment for a finite amount or degree but then of that sin. also starts getting into i think a point that jason was making in his introduction that some of these things have been warped and manipulated because in fact we're dealing with a human institution and then we start getting into the conversation yeah. over organized religion versus god as a source of morality or guiding yeah. principle and those are two separate conversations right yeah. where i think the majority of people at least of our age i should walk that back not the majority of people i can uphold that claim but i think a lot of believers in this day and age would also agree that the institution 
of religion is also a flawed thing that does teach contradictory and at times absolute batshit crazy things that are clearly grounded in like personal conflict. Like what was that thing? I think one of our friends was talking about it where there's a passage in, I think the, maybe it's even the new Testament, but it's like, if you, if you get in a fight with a man and the man's wife hits you in the balls to stop the fight, you have to cut off the wife's hand. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was in the new Testament, but I agree. I think anyone with, you know, with, with the smallest amount of, of knowledge and research on the subject would agree that there, there are some very corrupted things that have come through in, in the institution of religion. And that, that, that kind of comes become the problem of, I guess, mortals speaking on behalf of, right. uh, of the higher powers. Yeah. Well, I, I think so. I, I actually take issue with what both of you have said here, because for me, when you're talking about institutions, I separate that from the actual text itself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we're, t- if we're talking about the new Testament, like this is really the only source of information that we have on Jesus. Otherwise, like, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, if you want to say the scriptures have been corrupted, then I don't know, like, what kind of God you believe in to begin with. If he's allowing scriptures that are paramount to, say, salvation or that are paramount to living even, even merely a purposeful life, you know, like, that's a very good thing that I would like, but if the scripture is corrupted, then I don't get access to that, or I have a much, di- much more difficult time understanding it. So for me, like there's a difference between say like the Catholic church as an institution and then the actual scripture itself, the new Testament, for example, for Christianity, I, I think you have to take those claims. And like, I, I think those claims are up for grabs or they are, they are up for criticism. You know, that's I, kind I of my thing. I mean, up for criticism. Um, I think a part of that though, is getting back into, you know, a lot of these texts are, are old. Um, and, and as you know, the, the new Testament as we've received, it has, you know, gone through two languages mm-hmm. to, to get where it is. And the version of the language that it was originally used, you know, we're still researching a lot of the words that are used and, and we found that we don't understand them. Um, to the point of your grandfather studying all those languages. Right. right. I mean, even just recently it was, you you know, the, um, uh, the, the, the metaphor of the eye of the the camel going through the eye of the needle. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, about what is it? It's, it's easier, it's easier to pass a camel through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but they're even, they're even looking now at the word that was used for camel. Maybe they're not so sure it was camel. Um, there's another very, very close version of it. A relative. Could, <laughs> could be, well, it could be interpreted as rope. And so things like that. A rope. We're, yeah. we're still Point taken to, though. Point where, taken for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it means yeah. the same thing. Yeah, but, yeah. but there are other things like hell. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you look at our um, our Jehovah's Witness friends, and and I kind of tend to believe to lose same thing they do loose definition of friends but yes go ahead <laughs> we're like um, lovers but, <laughs> um, but i kind of tend to go with them on, on the viewpoint on this subject in that there is not a lot of biblical evidence for the concept of of hell the way that we look at it today in terms of you know a, a fire and brimstone forever damnation you know the the word 
that is usually ascribed to that was a real place outside of town where they would burn their trash. And, and so the viewpoint of that was it was saying this is a metaphor for just a separation from God. And, and the way they look at it is that there's no hell, but when you die, you die and that's it. Um, so actually probably really close to an atheistic view for those who, you know, don't descend to heaven. And so it's an interesting in between, but there's, if your point being, I think that the, the scriptures should be examined. I, I think that there should be criticism because I think that's what helps us push through and, and find, you know, get closer to the truth of what was actually intended there and then what was actually even said. Um, because I, I think we've got, we've got the high level bullet points, um, you know, en enough. <laughs> it's, it's good enough um, to get by, but I, I think there's still more truth in there that we've yet to find. Would you, would you, so I, I'm just trying to understand, like, how could we falsify your beliefs, like your particular beliefs? C could you maybe elaborate on that? So maybe, maybe one way is the sort of textual criticism of the New Testament and maybe finding inconsistencies or contradictions that would kind of, you know, render the whole system, the system of beliefs incoherent. Mm -hmm. Is there any other way that we could falsify what you believe? Because as a belief system, I, I, I might want to know why should I, you know, believe your view of reality versus, you know, what a Muslim believes or what a Buddhist believes, yeah, yeah. et cetera. I, so is, is the question like, what would it take for, for my belief system to, to fall apart? Or, you know, what, what kind of holes could we find in there? Is that, I mean, what are ways that you, you, your belief system could be disproved? Boy, I think that's a really good question. And I think, I think that's the, I think that's the question you have to ask anytime that you, you have a belief system that, that you're claiming is, is you want to stand it up and, and you want to try to poke holes in it. Um, you know, for, for the longest time, I, I thought that it would be, it would be poking holes in the biblical text itself. Um, but I don't, the more, the more I've come to know about it, the less true I think that is for a lot of the reasons that I just stated. Mm -hmm. Um, and after that, I, I think you would, you would almost have to show that the nature of existence itself or that the that the utility of the belief is counterproductive to the entire nature of existence itself i i, I think that's what would have to be proven the utility of the belief is counterproductive to the nature of existence itself yeah. could we apply the same standard to say islamic beliefs i think you could and and would would it fail that test I think it would. Okay. But I don't know enough about it. I, what, what I know is the problem is probably the corrupted nature of what it's become the same way people would look at Christianity. However, do you, do you acknowledge that a Muslim would likely say the say the same thing about I do. Okay. Yeah. I do acknowledge that. God, we're going to get fucked in, in, in any comments we're gonna get that, that's it well hey we're being fair no being yeah fair, fair on that's sides. true well usually we're not but, but this time around we definitely are um okay so 
I, I guess I'm still not entirely clear what it would take. I mean, your, your phrasing of like being against the uh-huh. nature of existence. <laughs> I think that's a very like, I'm actually, I mean, I would have to think about that for a second I, because of seems, the wording is yeah, like very like intense. It's obtuse, but I, I, I'm trying to describe it as succinctly as I can. I, I think the nature of, of maybe it's time back to what we originally started talking about is that to your point about some of these belief structures and, and morality and maybe almost a guidebook for how to behave in human social structures, in essence, is also something that could be attributed to pass down to us from a higher power. Therefore, it has to be in line with surviving and coexisting in a certain manner. And if it goes starts going against that principle, then in fact, it is disproving that this is a teaching from God. Right? If God is teaching us something that is not enabling us to live in harmony and peace to the maximum extent, then maybe it's not a teaching of God. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily always true either. Okay. Um, because societies themselves can become so corrupted on the, on, you know, on, on a holistic level that at that point it it might then become counterproductive. I mean, it, 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 there's a certain period of time in in the country of Germany where it would have been very counterproductive. There was that period of time. Yes. Um, and, and that wouldn't necessarily falsify that faith. But then you could argue the fact that. If like what was I don't know if we're talking about the same period of time in we are. okay all right I mean some shit could have gone down in like the 1400s but um, in essence if a Nazi uh, were saying that what I'm doing is God's will you can make the argument that no in fact this is not God's will because it is counterproductive to peaceful coexistence or, or it's not in line with a set series of moral actions that would help us progress as a civil, a harmonious civilization. But you derived, you derive that from something that's not necessarily linked to God, because you could have a God that says you should like rape and kill and, but then that's not the right subjugate God. people. Huh? Then that's not the right. But how do you know that's not the right God? Because it's going against what but you, but that's a circular definition. No, no, because right? if God's teachings are, maximizing our capacity to 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 like above society yeah like a, a harmonious existence of which on an life. evolutionary scale you were saying it, like it has been proven independent of religious morality you were arguing you, you were pointing out the fact that on an evolutionary level there are certain positive elements to living mm-hmm. in a, a peaceful moralistic life mm-hmm. moralistic you know maybe isn't the appropriate adjective here now anything outside of that would then make it far more difficult to live or advance as a species, right? Mm-hmm. So per your model, the Nazis were going outside the bounds of that mm-hmm. evolutionary standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. So in essence, could that then be them going against the teaching of God, which is enabling us to advance as a civilization? So you define God or his ordinances as what sort of maximizes human survival and flourishing in this instance? Yes. Okay. So then, because then that would give us a litmus test to see what is indeed, what, what would falsify then, uh, a, an existing belief in God. Um, and, and so I, I think that's where you would point to if, if, if your God is telling you to go and, 
you know, murder all the people who are using iPhones. <laughs> you know, obviously that would seem to be contradictory. And, and, and I think that there's a, you know, with pretty much any faith, a lot of people can point to that and say, you know, this is the reason why your God doesn't exist. And then they may very well be true. Um, you know, the God for those people probably doesn't exist, you know, because they, they created it. Um, so this is how you define your earlier statement, like yeah. the nature of reality, if yeah. it goes against the nature of reality. So you're defining the nature of reality as basically, I mean, maybe you, you can, you can elaborate further on that, but something to do with human, you know, survival and flourishing. Yeah. I mean, boy, then we got to define the nature of reality and that that's going to get tough. But I, I mean, I think you would grasp the concept. I mean, it has to, it has to make sense to some degree. Um, even when you, you remove a lot of the, the religious elements from it, again, the whole con, if you look at the concept of, you know, being, being in constant communication, you know, one of the teachings of Christ is to, to live, um, you live in constant prayer. And so that's, that's constantly having your mind set on, on the nature of, of God really. Um, and, and you could pull that out and say that that makes sense because if, if you're living and you're looking at, you know, God is the entire structure of society across the entire structure of time. And, 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 you know, that would apply even without the traditional belief in God. You know, someone who's an atheist could could very well be living their life every day with their mind focused on what is the most productive and I, well, I hate to use the word good because that can be so corrupted as well. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll use it here just for the sake of the argument. You know, your mind focused on what is the most good I can do in the world. I think that becomes very similar. And the only difference that becomes is in that metaphysical aspect of after you die. And, and I think that's where a, a belief in God could probably separate itself you know, from all of the same moral virtues that an atheist would attain. So you kind of basically get rewarded for your moral virtues. Whereas if you're an atheist, you don't, (laughs) it's just a, a, but how is it not a reward to get an afterlife? I, 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 yes, by all accounts, it should be. I, I'm just, I'm afraid to say that it is, um, because I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know for sure. I, I do have a very firm, I have a very firm conviction that that afterlife is there, although what it entails, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to try to, you know, try to define that because I I, I don't know enough yet. (laughs) Okay. well, we would have no. I guess nobody's been there and back, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that there's and this is where I go back to. I think that there are truths and some of the texts that we have. I haven't uncovered it. Um, and not that I've tried that hard either. I mean, to, I guess to, to go back to an earlier point or to give some context into why I've asked some of these questions, it's because I feel like if you have a belief in a particular religion, in a particular faith, God, 
And with that come certain like stipulations and certain things are implied Mm -hmm. from those beliefs. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, you know, stem cells research being blocked by Christian right-wingers. This is to me, you know, something that is damaging to society when you have things or like this obsession with like um, trying to stop gay marriage and things like that. Like to me, these do stem from the belief systems, even if you make the argument that the belief system in and of itself didn't make that claim. Mm-hmm. I think there's something in there and, and, and I don't actually buy all those claims. I think in some cases it absolutely does stipulate things that are pretty obviously unethical by modern day standards. Um, but I think that's a reason why we really want to know if a religion's true because it really makes a difference, right? To those people that genuinely believe it. If it turns out it's false, all of a sudden, maybe that would have never been an issue, right? Like the whole gay marriage thing or the stem cell research. How but far? How much we... of that is a very vocal minority yeah. of a particular belief structure and a minority that might have greater access to the institutions of power in our country? Yeah. Because I don't know if opposing stem cell research is the position that the majority of believers would take as opposed to a certain sect okay, of believers. Okay, well, what about, like, abortion? Well, here, here's, here's, here's my kind of view on that. Abortion is murder, but murder is not always the worst outcome. You know, we, we, go, to, we go to wars and, and people are killed and we and don't hope, call that murder. Man. Yeah, and the hope is that the that the overall, you know, end of this is is better than it would be the other way. Now, I I wish that we lived in a world where every child who was born was born into a loving family that had the means to take care of them and, and appropriate and institutions that. in place to But that's not yeah. the truth about the world that we live in. So, because of that, I think it's hard I think it's hard to say this should be a law that you can't do it. I I think that, and that's where I think the idea of separating religion and, or, you know, faith from public life and politics. Right. I, I think that there has to be some sort of a line, but it, but it shouldn't be because it has no place in society. It's because the onus of that should be on the individual and the family and the community and so on and so forth. And it's also a little easier, I think, to have a political system grounded in a religion when you have a monotheistic belief structure. Yeah. Where I think the, the notion of a, oh my God. A secular society. There you go, man. My, my, um, the notion of a secular society is very much possible in a country like the United States, for instance, which ha- doesn't necessarily have. I mean, the, the European settlers in the country had a certain religious background, but we are kind of scattered in scope. We don't have a singular unifying religious force in this country, as opposed to maybe Poland, which. I guess they have the atheists too, but that there is a, a, a bedrock of Catholicism on which they can build out their modern polity. So maybe there, the union between the two might make a little bit more sense, although I don't agree with it. I see how that's possible. Mm-hmm. But here, I think it's very difficult to say that, well, you know, 
if, if we're going to establish a religious guiding force for our politics, it's very hard to determine what religion that's going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, several of the founders, you know, made statements along the lines of this, this government will only work for a, a morally upright and God fearing, you know, society. If for any other, it's going to be wholly inadequate. And, and well, and, and the larger it gets, I think that's where it's, it's tougher. And I mean, if you look at abortion too, how are you going to make a law for a, a landmass the size of ours with the number of people in ours that's going to be fit to work for everyone? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think that the repealing of Roe versus Wade was a good thing because it hands it back to the states. And even, you know, you can even go and look up, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had the same idea of it. She said Roe was bad law. She said it's going to get repealed, and she wished that it would have been decided on a different case, because constitutionally it, it wasn't good law now. It, it should have been a piece of legislation. It, it, came, for, been, it came from exactly. the wrong channel of government. Yes, and so you can make the argument that the way they repealed it and the posturing that was done could have been done a lot better. You know, you could make that argument. But well, it opened up the window towards legislation to codify it, but that's not the nature of how exactly. our legislative branch works anymore. And I, I think yeah. the the big like I, not not to turn this into a Roe v. Wade show, but like we we were going <laughs> to head down that it's way. Hard to get away from. I, it. I think the the core difference in the positions around the abortion debate in this country is that one side is actively trying to restrict it while the other side is in essence, preserving a neutral position. It is not a pro abortion position It is a position that leaves the interpretation up towards the individual point of view, which I think is the basis by which our country is supposed to function. Like if indeed we are, we are grounding ourselves in this notion of Liberty, one should have the agency to make that decision for themselves and make that decision based off of their relationship with yes. God of the Whether you live in Texas or California. Whether right. you live in Texas right. or California. And I, and I think that's exactly right. I think if we were adhering to, to the values and the nature of, of the United States, that's what it should be. And, and, you know, on, on a societal level, if you have a community that's, that's, you know, very, you know, biblical or Christian or whatever, you know, there, there might, maybe, maybe there's a certain amount of shame that's going to come with that. <laughs> I, but, 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 but it's still, you know, the, the choice is still there. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and I think it's not in the hands of the legislators to make those choices for people. Absolutely. It's yeah, it's right. certainly not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, <laughs> moving on. let's, let's get out of this minefield. So <laughs> I want to strip down kind of maybe the earlier main principle or point that I was trying to get at, make it really easy or easier for you to answer. So let's say that there are like no downsides to religious belief or a belief in a particular God. Um, Let's say the only difference is like you get this reward in the after. You don't even get punished, right? You don't, there's no hell. But if you subscribe to the beliefs of a particular religion or God, um, say the teachings of Jesus, then you get, you go to heaven, right? If you fulfill the requirements or, you know, you live in, in the proper manner, you go to heaven and you live, you know, eternally with God and everyone else. And all the virgins but, and <laughs> and all the potential virgins there. But but if you don't, then you just cease to exist. Now, 
I would still say as someone who doesn't believe in Christianity, like, wait a minute, like, Hey, I want to go to that party. <laughs> Maybe not with the virgins, but you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. no, I, I want to be a part of that. I want to have access to this eternal reward. So how, like, what could you say to someone who like wants to know if this is true? Because there is a cost Absolutely. If it's not Absolutely. true, you might be dedicating your life to something that's not true. You right. might be, you might, you know, that. become that uh, missionary that goes to the Sentinel Islands and gets killed, <laughs> you know, yeah. for well, no, in my anyway. opinion, because I don't believe in, yeah. in Christianity. I think he did it for no reason. I think that was just a waste of a life in my opinion. And well, it's very sad. It's a very sad thing. But what would you say to someone who, who would want the reward, but finds no compelling evidence. I mean, could you, could you give me something as evidence apart from a subjective appeal to like, well, I have a connection with God. He gives me purpose. Cause I think some of that is just very subjective. It doesn't really work as a kind of like an argument in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think two things. One, I, I very much believe, um, in, in this, in the statement, um, you know, which is a, a biblical, biblical text that, um, speaking from as you know, God speaking, you know, those who, who truly seek me will find me. And I, and I think that that's true in terms of, you know, people who, who truly set their mind on looking for the truth. You, you will find it. I, I, I have to, like, I have to interrupt because I did spend six years studying Christianity in the most honest way possible. I can't prove to you that I was sincere, right? It's right. absolutely impossible for me to prove to you or anyone else. I believe that you were sincere. But I was and I and what I, and I had all the bias, right, yeah. in the world. Like I wanted it to be true so much yeah. because that's simply what confirmation bias does to you, right? You don't want to look like an idiot like, "Hey, everything I believed was wrong." But I still after genuinely searching for the truth, I would pray constantly like, "Hey, like show me the truth. Show me the truth." Well, I guess he showed me the truth that it wasn't true, you know, like well, second part of that. Okay. Number one, number two, I, I think that the, I think part of, and, and, and you know, I'm still kind of solidifying this to some degree, but I, I think part of the, the system of belief that I have is that it is also up to people to be the conduits of God on the earth. And I think that to some degree, you know, that that's going to be the best way for that truth to be reflected. Um, and, and not necessarily just, you know, through people just acting good, but through actions, I think that the, the truth about God can be reflected in society. Um, and, you know, people who are looking for it, I, I think are going to see it there. Um, but I, I think that there aren't that many people who really believe who claim that they do. And that kind of goes back to the, the concept of what does it even mean to, to believe, you know, you were talking about if, if you're someone who wants that, who looks at it and says, okay, this is a great reward at the end. You know, we, we've shown the scriptures don't really substantiate the idea of hell. I really want to believe this. I want to know it's true. Well, that also doesn't necessarily mean it would be an easy pathway. Um, because you know, 
who was it that said that religion is an opiate for the masses? It's another thing that Peterson says, you know, boy, I would have created a much better opiate than that. Um, well, it's, it, I get what you're saying, yeah. but I think there's like a conflation here because you're saying to actually follow yes. the tenants and actually like buy its tenants, make your way to heaven. More it religion. actually, yeah, it actually is pretty difficult. Yeah. Right. But I think that quote that you, that you gave is referring to a more generic, like, sure. You know, kind of communal aspect of religion. But I think right? that, that does highlight the difference though. Yeah. Yeah. In itself though, isn't gatekeeping heaven also kind of getting back to the original problem we were discussing about applying like a human frame of reference and a human yes, institution towards I think so. Uh, and maybe that in itself is to your point going against the teachings of God to a certain extent where if you start picking and choosing hey this person can this person cannot go to heaven based off of some actions that are performed in our mortal lives well then in essence you're also kind of interpreting the word of god which nobody can do because we are all mere mortals i think that clarifies it a little bit and i think but it also goes to his point as well that if the scriptures are the only frame of reference we have to god because let's say for the sake of this conversation without the scriptures then we have no sense of we have no tie to a higher power then what is written in the scriptures has to be the the truth about God. And I think that's the one thing that would probably falsify my belief. If I were to know that you lived every day and truly earnestly seeking the truth of there being a God, like you just to say, hypothetically, you continued it and didn't stop. And you just said, I I really am going to keep looking. And then we die. And I find out that that was it that would falsify my belief but yeah but that's uh, but but, uh, i mean would it though because that's impossible but actually like it it doesn't actually count as a mechanism of falsification the thing you're saying is actually impossible for you to know like you can't know no but but it's it's i guess the point being is that i have a hard time i have a hard time buying the concept that someone who truly seeks the truth about God would make it through their entire existence. And if there, if God exists at the end, not meet with that creator, I, that is one of the things that just does not compute to me. And finding the truth, at least when I think about it is independent of anything else that is happening or anything else that's being said, where at that point it becomes one's individual relationship with a higher power that one will seek out and communicate with and whatever in their own fashion. And to that point, I think what maybe I'm leaning to is that it doesn't matter what you do while you are here. And and I'm I don't have a grounding in religion. I was never raised with it, but is it not that if indeed I don't really subscribe to the Christ thinking either, but if Jesus died for our sins, then it doesn't matter. Like you're forgiven. You could be the the rapist who shot up a school and at the end of the day you will die and you will be cleansed and forgiven. Right. So well, uh, the doctrine go, of atonement, go, go on. Yeah. I, a, I don't, I don't subscribe to that, but I want to see where right. you're going. I, I mean, if, if indeed we are all fuck me, the, the children of God, then it does not matter what we do in our mortal lives because we are all sinners. We, <laughs> we're all sinners. Yeah. 
I mean, it, 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 action, action. You're going to hell. <laughs> but I, I think the point that you're making is that there's no action that you can take that would have an impact on the afterlife if your belief in search of God is, is there. Is that what you're saying? Well, what I'm saying is every action is a reflection of the human condition, right? Yeah. And, and every action, no matter how atrocious, is being performed by a human who is a product of whatever, if we call it the creator, right? We were talking about the intricacies of molecules and the logical formation of, of you know, the tiniest of electrons. So if there is a creator, we are all his creations. That means all of our actions are, in fact, reflections of the creator so it doesn't matter if what way like yes we should live our lives as best as possible but just as living in a moralistic way is a reflection of god's word also the atrocious vile nature of human behavior in itself is also a reflection of god because everything is on the continuum so when you die it doesn't i, I don't I, i'm speaking yeah. from my own personal yeah. belief the issue is that my belief is not grounded in religion it's not grounded in, in any any scripture it's sort of gobbledygook to, 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 to a certain extent which but doesn't I, I guess the let me ask you this does it matter when, when you look at somebody who has dedicated their lives to missionary work or somebody who has um dedicated their lives to criminality and oppression at the end of the day it doesn't matter i think if those two same people are earnestly seeking God and the truth, then it doesn't matter at the end, at the end. So the criminality doesn't actions do matter. Actions do matter, but actions aren't the thing that's going to tip the scales at the end of the day in terms of finding the truth. So here's a really interesting example that I just read about now with the Netflix series, everybody's talking about again with Jeffrey Dahmer is a Jeff Dahmer. Oh gosh. atrocious serial killer like i i just literally just found out about him which you know whatever um at the end of his life when he was in jail uh he found religion and he came to terms with the fact that he was going to die in jail which is what happened he got clobbered to death but it became this question of a, a debate with to a certain extent society the families of the victims the survivors uh, of his actions too, right? At the end, of the, at the end of the day, he repented, found God, and died in peace to a certain extent. That was not given to his victims, no. but in a, in, in, in a way, he found his truth by his own path, right? I'm not arguing that. I think that's just kind of the, the at the, at the severe yeah, cost of his victims, it, yeah. and, and, and it took him getting to that point to find God mm-hmm. and maybe it also had certain reverberations, good and bad in the rest of our society, mm-hmm. right? Where Jeffrey Dahmer did these atrocious things. Maybe it changed how we think about public safety, right? So like, I guess what I'm getting at, and I don't know if I believe this or not, but the point I'm trying to make is he did atrocious things, but there were consequences, good and bad mm-hmm. for our, our civilization. So indeed he played a role. He died Maybe he's but it had no bearing on him finding God. I mean, maybe it did for his path, but it, it it's the same as if someone someone could live a morally upright life but have no, you know, care nothing about finding the truth or God and be in the same place as if Jeffrey Dahmer just died right when he got arrested. Um, that's the way I look at that, which is kind of interesting that it's a very... You know, there's, I think, a Confucianism way of looking at, you know, there's in Eastern religions, good and bad are kind of on that same spectrum. There's not really evil. It's just all manifestations of, of 
you know, our, our state of being, of being humans. Um, Which I guess say that's the victims, but yes. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that there's a certain aspect of that. Um, you know, if you apply it to Christianity, but you know, then that gets into, you know, the, in, in Christianity, people talk about, uh, are we post-millennial or amillennial or pre-millennial in terms of the rapture? <laughs> mm-hmm. and no. So there's people who believe that at one point, all the believers will be raptured out and everyone else will be here and that'll be the seven years. Or we're all in the rapture right now, but that all of that stems to, are you judged? Can you be judged until the entirety of human humanity has played itself out? And, and to that point, also, like the, the notion of humanity playing itself out, the concept of evil also never exists in a vacuum, right? If we use Jeffrey Dahmer as a case study, because it's a very yeah. like open, like uh, people can point to them and be like, this is evil. Yes, 100% yes. In addition to that, it is also a reflection of the various steps that he went through in his course of life. You know, you can talk about the collapse of social safety nets, the, the notion of his mother being abusive without adequate uh, health care. Like, like, I'm not saying we all carry the burden of Jeffrey Dahmer on ourselves, but there is something to be said about evil not happening randomly. This is a great segue into the question of free will. Yeah. Because, so, it is true that you know andre's point that the social safety nets and factors in society can lead someone to commit crimes absolutely this is well attested now i think someone like jeffrey dahmer his personality traits are these are psychopathic and these are very genetically determined and by at a very biological level like confirmed right like their their amygdala is like literally physically smaller but i don't think he was ever diagnosed as psychopath he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic which okay but so but that also introduces very interesting question anyways that's besides the point you 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 were saying no i was just gonna say you know this ties into the whole discussion about god and belief in god where you know we have you know, genetic forces, environmental forces, and even if we have free will. Now, we, we've discussed this before. I don't believe we have free will. But even if we did, as you had mentioned as well, I believe, it's a very, like, tiny mm-hmm. fraction of really, like, the... the, the it, 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 it takes only a tiny fraction of the, uh, the whole picture yeah. of decision-making, right? I believe right? it's there, but I don't think we exercise it much if at all and i believe in there but i think it is there in addition to multiple other factors at play which might cloud your capacity to act as, as a mm-hmm. excuse me as, as a free acting individual and, and so we would have to say you know when we're talking about belief in god and like let's say it's required it's a requirement to enter heaven or maybe some belief systems require punishment if you don't believe in god now we have to really say like okay what's the like what's the evidence that someone can actually robustly be responsible for this belief in god which to me i spent six years which is more than 99.999 repeating percentage of people ever do like thinking about this question right if i spent that much time and still don't believe um whether or not i have like a tremendous amount of free like how many years have you not believed in god since i was 20 so 10 years. Yeah. That, that's still a, a very limited percentage of your life. So what's to say that in the next five years, you're not going to start gravitating back to 
believe in God. Well, there's like no one can say for sure, but sure. I would be astonished. Well, how about that? <laughs> I would be really astonished. Things have happened. Um, I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is like you would have to show people are like very robustly responsible for their beliefs, but we know a belief system as delicate as a belief in God is you know, very dependent upon so many different forces and things coming into play. We just know how beliefs work in humans, right? We know that geography plays an unbelievable element when it comes to belief in God. Like, why are all the people in the Middle East Muslim? Why aren't they Christian? Well, that's the predominant belief system. Okay. How many free thinkers are out there? Well, it turns out there's not very many. And and what it goes to show is that a belief in God especially it being a prerequisite to enter heaven or justification to send or lack there or or lack of the belief being a justification justification to send someone to hell. Like all of a sudden this doesn't map onto reality. It doesn't map onto the level of responsibility that you can attribute to such a belief. In my opinion, you're also unfairly equating belief in God as not a choice that you can make it for yourself. Whereas, you know, the complete block of the Middle East is only believing in God because they're like somehow coerced into it. And that's going back to the conversation about how are you defining God and the the structures of And back to the religious, yeah. Yeah, and all of that. So I I think we've clearly separated those. But in terms of of free will, I I think that's where, you know, the same same way that, you know, there's very few people that, that really believe and God and, you know, are, are, are tuned to that and truly seeking truth. I think that's similar to free will. And, and I think it might even be the same mindset that, that one would have to attain in order to do something of their own free will. I think otherwise you are just being, you know, you're, you're playing the role that has been set up for you that would have happened. And and even when you make a choice, you're making it from a position of having arrived at a place that was already set in motion and was going to happen. But, but you're essentially saying God created creatures that are like very, a, a very small percentage of them ever exercise, you know, kind of their, their free will to believe in God, if that's even possible. But, but like that's in God's image then, right? Because if he created us free thinking, then it doesn't matter. Like, I, I guess that again rubs up against the argument of institutionalized religion versus belief in a higher power. Because the institutions of religion didn't exist when God created us. I guess that, that would be the ultimate debate. You get into somebody who, you know, subscribes to the creationist thought, right? But... Well, the debate is like if somebody's like on an island by themselves mm-hmm. and they have no access to like scripture, right? They're, then do they do they go to heaven or hell? Type of thing. It's so like, that, well, okay, like they didn't they don't by the tenets of Christianity, at least a certain interpretation of Christianity, so would be going to, yeah, like they're going to hell. That's why we have to go to the Sentinel yeah. Islands and convert exactly. all the boat people. Exactly. Uh, boat, boat I don't. I don't. Yeah, and that's where <laughs> I don't. I don't necessarily find that to be to be in line. Um, you know, even with the scriptures, I, 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 I still need to, to see, but I am the, I, I don't, I am the way truth and the life. Right. And I don't think that it's in line with the scripture of, if you truly seek me, you will find me. I have a hard time believing that God would not reveal himself to that person on that Island in in the language and manner of understanding that that person 
would be able to see. And the people in the, the person, <laughs> I, I think this is the fascinating element to it is that I have, I need to talk to somebody from the Sentinel Islands apparently, but we should go do a podcast show. Hey. <laughs> the first yeah. podcast recorded on the Sentinel Islands. I'd love to get their views. But I am certain they probably have their own religious uh, belief system, right? So maybe that is in essence a God. Like every single civilization far beyond Christianity has some sort of reverence to some sort of higher power. Maybe that in essence is God revealing himself to everybody because every civil civilization on this planet has pledged fealty to certain. Sure. But, but then the revelations are contradictory. And then the question of like what to follow has led to countless wars. And, 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 you know, I, I think, look, we can make, we, we've discussed this in the episode about the secular void where, we do think there are elements of religion uh, and belief systems in, 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 in higher powers that can create more robust social systems. That doesn't mean the social systems are like ideal, like, you know, where you have maximum yeah. freedom and, yeah. and things like that. And that doesn't mean the, the, the belief systems are true, first yeah. and foremost. It just means what constitutes those beliefs has a actual force a, a social force where it acts as almost almost a glue uh, to kind of strengthen that you know group of people and maximize the and maximize yeah. their survival and and kind of proliferation. And maybe that in essence is the, the the true adherence to God, right? Is if yeah, but that can, but that can be really like construed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, but, that, but I think it could very well be something like that. Um, and and then that's where I I, I said before that I, I think that the belief in free will I think if you're going to say you believe in God you kind of have to believe in in free will otherwise it doesn't work. I agree with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, geez, there's there's plenty more to discuss here. There is. Um, I mean, you only, I, you only kind of went down the path of probably one of the most complicated, uh, yeah. I think what, what would be good is to kind of have a revisiting of this conversation at different intervals, right? Like this is part one, maybe like a couple of months we'll do, we'll do a part two and continue. I, I think we all kind of go through our experiences. Maybe kind of set some definitions around. I, I, I agree. I think yeah, semantically it's a very difficult topic to discuss without kind of being in agreement on yeah. the terms from the beginning. Right. I mean, we, I mean, we sensed that I'm sure the audience would sense that there was a struggle to like make sure that we were you know on the same page. But it sounds like we have some ground rules in place yeah. where we are not. Uh, we're tr- we're trying to detach the notion of God away from organized religion. Although you, Jason, interpret God through the teachings of Christianity to a certain extent. To a certain it? extent, right. yeah. I am probably at least we should have done this from the fucking beginning <laughs> where we stand on the on topic but i was not raised religiously i'm not religious i am uncertain of my belief in a god or not but i suspect yes there probably was something that brought us about and, and Levon has yeah I, I i don't believe in god if you guys haven't uh, made that connection yet <laughs> in which case you probably have not been paying attention at all to the podcast um yeah i i think look i used to be a very devout christian and i sincerely sought to find what the truth was and what i found was that a lot of the christian 
theology and apologetics that's available online. I found, <laughs> I found it to be very deceptive, misleading, yeah. and poorly thought out. Um, but regardless, I, I did my own research. I talked to people of all faiths. I talked to so many Christians. I lost friends. I left the Christian community. I had all the incentive to stay, and yet I left because I thought it was not true. And so there was no point to continue that belief. Um, to me, that is the most powerful argument against Christianity, is that you can have sincere disbelief. Um, and if someone could verify that, I think they would see um, that this is really like an insurmountable problem uh, for the faith. Obviously, it's impossible to get someone else's subjective experience. Um, but yeah, I think... I think there's a lot to be said about the role of religion in society. Absolutely. I, I think this is an open question as to like, can secular societies succeed in the long term? Because we, we see the evidence that religious societies can, whether or not the religious beliefs are true, but secular society is sort of in its infancy. But secular society also still manifests the behavioral patterns of religious society. I think that's important to note too. Yeah, if you well, go that's, away with the structure of of the church, but yeah. that's not going to make religion go away. Because that's I, where I, I think that we've fully replaced Christianity with a religion of politics and consumerism in, uh, to a certain extent. But I, I also think, and my, my frame of reference is, is the Soviet Union, which, which comes up frequently mm -hmm. in our discussions. But I, I think that is the best example that we might have of an attempt at building a fully secular society, at least maybe in the early years of the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. But there's, there, I, I think the religion detached from the spiritual elements is a very neatly packaged and organized method by which the human mind can process um, social organization. And that's why it's going to manifest everywhere because it's not really about religion. It's, it's about belief in a central authority that might have consequences if you don't, if mm -hmm. you don't function in a certain manner, yeah. because that's exactly what the Soviet system was. Yeah. They removed the church, you know, they blew up all of the beautiful Orthodox churches and they installed a, a system of government that drew authority from very, um, pragmatic, uh, sort of human elements, but you still saw instead of the reverence for, the teachings of Christ, all of a sudden you just put the, you know, the industrial worker on that pedestal. And you saw up to 40 million people. Well, yes, up to 40 million. And, and you, you know, and, we can also get into conversation yeah. over how many people are killed under capitalist systems. But yes, the, so, yeah, yeah. You massacred, vicious, absolute brutal it system. Well, yeah, religious well. systems too. Well, I mean, the wars from religion. I mean, like, yeah, look, yeah, I mean, this is a, yeah, it's a complicated topic. Um, it is definitely worth revisiting, as uh, Andre alluded to. But for now, we're going to have to simply take the L on the fact that we haven't made that much progress <laughs> in this well, discussion. I, I, but I think, think it's, but it was, it was good. It was a good discussion. It's a good start. But yeah, there's, there's a lot to dissect. Maybe I think for the next uh, round, it would be good to have a little bit more structure. Yeah. And, and kind of make well, sure. Well, I think pick a, a specific element maybe from this. Sure. And, and put some put some gates around it. But but I mean, you would agree that the, the continuing the the search for for w what is the truth is, is 
is a worthy um, endeavor. I think as a secular statement, that is actually a very, I mean, in, in essence, you know, the pursuit of the meaning of life Yes, is pursuit of truth and the meaning of life. Well, truth, which it, may be connected, which which may be connected, may or may not be connected. May, right, but but I think in any, it, I think everybody would agree that as a neutral statement is accurate, and that is what will you know if we have eighty years of modern medicine on this planet, that is what has to be a guiding force, right? And then yeah. you, you can attach various levels and flavors of, you know, interpreting it as, 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 you know, trying to find a signal from God, interpreting it as buying the latest iPhone every year. Yeah. But that is a platitude by which we can define our spectrum of existence. Yeah. Unless TikTok has something, unless the, <laughs> unless the memes on TikTok and have something honestly, to say Honestly, I think about we should revisit the conversation we had about the meaning to life. I think Jason could actually provide a very, very interesting commentary on that too, because we like... I don't know if it was a very happy episode. I, I think it got very kind of dark because the, the conclusion, yeah, like, <laughs> and, and to a certain extent, I think that could get really interesting. I, I found a certain like, oh, like utility to like, holy shit. Like even if like Christianity or like Islam is like an absolute lie, at least you're going to have something to kind of mm -hmm. carry you along. Let's not well, just there's, like, there's a connecting thread through, through all of these, you know, the meaning of life and, and free will and the existence of God, all of that. You can't really pick one of those out without unraveling, you know, all the others. I, I disagree, but we will discuss that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I strongly disagree, we'll but we'll do it. Yeah. We will happily discuss this and more next time. On Radius of Reason. Thank you, thank thank you Jason, Jason thank for you our guest. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll be back soon. Take care, everyone.